Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. All right, welcome to today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you've ever struggled with reading your Bible or enjoying the scriptures and finding it sometimes kind of blah, kind of dry. Today's episode is going to really help you. Uh, we have David Fritch back on the podcast with us, a good friend, and he's going to be talking about his new e-course he just released called Supernatural Bible Study. It's out right now, but he's going to share some of those tips on the podcast today to help you grow in encountering God through the Word of God so that it will come alive in your life, your times with the Lord are going to be more fruitful, more enjoyable. That's what we all want. So please stay tuned. It's going to be super good today. Uh, before we dive into that with David, if you're new to the podcast, just want to welcome you. The Presence Pioneers podcast exists to equip Presence Center communities to worship and pray night and day. So we want to help you host God's presence, experience God's presence. We believe God's presence changes everything. And so we want to provide you these Bible teachings and these conversations with uh, leaders in the worship and prayer movement on this podcast to help you, equip you and your communities right where you are to experience more of Jesus. And so if you like this, uh, please subscribe if you want more. Please share this uh, with others as well. We're, of course, on Apple and Spotify. We're on YouTube and all the major podcasting platforms. You can also visit our website at presencepioneers.org at any time. All right. David, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, great to be on, Matthew. Yeah. So you're the first person that we have had on the podcast for the second time. So congratulations. <laughs> I feel very privileged. <laughs> yeah. So it's awesome to have you back, man. You are a leader. You have pioneered ministries, businesses. You're an author. We talked a lot on the last episode about your book, Enthroned, and the Tabernacle of David. You're a Bible teacher. And so we're excited to have you with us today, but you've got this new e-course coming out or it's out right now about supernatural Bible study. And so I want to talk about that. I think it's going to be really helpful for people. Uh, before we dive into some of that, what's going on with, with you, man? What's happening in your world since you were last on the Presence Pioneers podcast? Well, COVID-19 has happened since the last podcast, <laughs> right. which has changed everyone's world. Yeah. No, I mean, we're just like everybody else, just trying to navigate like this whole new world that we're in. And, you know, I think more than anything, it's deepened my hunger for God to move in our nation and the nations like never before. And so I've been yeah. really leaning into lots of fasting and prayer and pressing in for the nation. And uh, we started a school too. Uh, we have four students. They're all under the age of five. It's called the Church <laughs> Academy of Global Domination and Leadership. <laughs> Amazing. It's our homeschool. So learning to do life and raise our kids in the, in the middle of all this and just leaning into the Lord, what it looks like to do life and ministry in this new context. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know one of your dreams is to launch a school one day. And so. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is this is the uh, training ground here with your it's homeschool. It's no joke. It really is. I feel like I'm I'm getting like those foundational elements by teach, helping teach our kids with my wife, and it's very yeah. very fun. If you can teach kids something, you can probably teach anybody. For something. sure, it's so true. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think I learned more by trying to teach a four-year-old or a three-year-old a concept. Right. Yeah. If you can explain it and get them to get it, it's like, okay, you really, you really understand it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Awesome, man. Well, look, you've got this e-course supernatural Bible study. I think this is something that people really need and long for, uh, you know, I mean, all of us can probably relate to opening up the Bible, not knowing what to read, not knowing how to start. Mm-hmm. If you do start reading, you're, it feels dry, you're confused, you, it, it seems boring, you know, let's be honest at yeah, times. So tell us about this course. Why did you make it? What's, what's the desire for this uh, yeah, course here? I'll kind of give you a little back history on it in my own journey. But quite a few years ago, I was asked to teach a Bible college class on how to study the Bible. And I didn't actually know how to study the Bible myself. (laughs) (laughs) And I had been through Bible college and other training programs and learned a lot about the Bible and even took classes titled how to study the Bible. And I never felt like I really walked out with the tools that like the tools that the everyday person would need in their real actual life to dive into the Bible and understand it and actually enjoy it and feel like I'm getting something out of it and I'm growing and it's alive in me. So I taught this class and I literally was like one week ahead of my students in preparing and learning. And, but it absolutely changed my life, just getting basic tools to understand the Bible. And the only analogy that I can think of is in the context, I, my, my parents were missionaries in Africa and we spent a lot of time in different countries and there are places that it's, it's so crazy to see that are in abject poverty, but have incredible natural wealth. And a lot of those countries aren't accessing the natural resources that would cause their country to grow and prosper just because they don't have the tools and know how to, or have the mindsets that could help them cultivate the land or the resources to bring them into prosperity. And I feel like it's the same way with believers, you know, in the Bible, it's, the Bible is full of the wealth of knowledge and wisdom keys that will change your life forever. Revelations that will heal you, deliver you, set you free, you know, change the whole course of your life. But a lot of people just don't know how to access the, the wisdom and revelation in the scriptures because they just don't have the basic tools. So it changed my life. And then later on, years later, when I really understood, like, like it's one thing to know like the facts and understand the Bible, which is uh, there's a joy in that, just understanding how it all fits together and understanding the intellectual side. But several years after that class, my life even took a different turn as far as the scriptures when I understood that the goal wasn't to just learn information about God or about the Bible, but everything God presented in the word, the, the destination of it was to lead me into a relationship with him, a deepened relationship with him and an encounter with him. And when I understood God's goal in giving us the Bible was that he wanted this passionate relationship with us, it changed everything. It changed the way I looked at the Bible. It changed the way I studied the Bible. It changed the way I approached it. And that's where I feel like the supernatural side of, you know, when I call it supernatural Bible study is that every truth in scripture is meant to lead you into this encounter with Jesus that changes your life supernaturally. So, yeah. So good. Well, give us a couple of teasers. Obviously, you've got a whole course worth of stuff, and we're going to link to that so people can sign up and go through that and get all the you know levels of the the course you have there. But 
give us some tips, man. If we're if people are struggling with with engaging with the Bible, you know, go go ahead and, and get into some of it if you wouldn't mind. Give us a couple of uh, for sure tips yeah. right off to help us out. Yeah, I mean, I think the first one is that you just have to resolve that you need supernatural assistance to understand God's word, and yeah. that when you come before the Word, the Holy Spirit is faithful to meet you there and to reveal something to you that you can understand parts of it with your intellect, but there's a place that can't be known other than God revealing it to your heart. And it's the, it's the two men on the road to Emmaus experience where they're coming back post resurrection and they don't really know. They don't, they can't make sense of it all. They, they knew the prophecies, they studied it their whole life. They'd given their whole life to, pursuing the knowledge of God and the coming Messiah. And then here he was before them, he dies and they're thinking the hope for their life is over. And then he's resurrected and they can't reconcile the natural events of history with the supernatural intervention of the resurrection. So they're debating, talking, discussing, and right in the middle of all their questioning, all the concerns, the hopelessness, Jesus just shows up right beside him and just say, Hey, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I love, I think it's the way that Jesus approaches us too. He didn't come going, Hey, I'm the Messiah. I'm alive. He didn't give them the answer. He started asking them questions that drew out their heart. Mm. So they're talking. And then the next thing, Jesus, they say, you know, we thought Jesus was going to be, he, he was the one and he was, going to be resurrected. We're not sure it happened. And then he confronts their unbelief. He says, you know, are you so foolish that you don't understand what the scripture is saying? And then God himself interprets the Bible to them. Jesus you know, <laughs> is right there unfolding everything that they had studied their whole life, understand intellectually, but they didn't have a revelation of. And here's Jesus explaining through spirit of revelation opening their eyes. And it wasn't until later that they said, did our hearts not burn within us as he talked? You know, it's like God's, Jesus is unfolding the whole thing. And I think that's the supernatural part. Jesus comes to us in our confusion and our questions and trying to make sense of it. And he just starts teaching us and unfolding it. And it's that aha moment. So you ask for tips. That's kind of the idea of the revelation part is to come with prayer firstly and just say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. And you may think that's a given, but it is, it really is inviting Jesus into the process as you sit down. Number two, there's like, I, you know, in the course we go in depth into all of this, but give you a couple of things you can sit down and do right now that will, that probably be a game changer in your Bible study. And this is a three-step Bible study method. It's been around for years and there's different versions of it. Uh, but it, it's three steps, observation, interpretation, and application. In the observation phase, you're just saying, like, what are the facts? What am I reading? And it's a really important, like, as charismatics, I think we always come with, like, looking for the encounter, looking for the experience, looking for the now word of God that's going to change our life. And sometimes yeah. our experiences aren't always rooted in what the Bible is actually saying. <laughs> right. Totally true. And, 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 and so I think it's important to come, like, with integrity to the word and say, what is it actually saying? What did it mean to the original hearers? Yeah. What's going on in this story? So ask yourself, get pen and paper as you read and just ask simple questions. Who, what, why, when, how, and where? 
And who's talking? Who are they talking to? Why is this happening? When is it happening? And answering some of those basic questions, number one, will do something that most people don't do when they approach the Bible. It'll cause you to slow down. And it causes you to really think about, as you read the Bible, think in terms of like entering the story, picturing it, looking around and asking basic questions as if you were actually there. Who's talking? Who are they talking to? Why are they talking? What tone of voice do you think that they said this in? What emotions were going through their heart as they said it? Some of those basic questions, it's not revelation. You can observe those with your natural eye. There are things that you know will help you. And I, I encourage people to use tools that help you, people that have done the research for you, that have done background research on the Bible, introductions, to read some of those basic introductions about books of the Bible that give you a framework of what it is, who they're speaking to, what it's about. And then as you read, ask some basic questions. Number two, interpretation, just what does it mean? And why are they saying it? And what does it mean? Asking some of those basic questions after you've done that work. Once you've done that work of who, what, where, why, when, and how, the interpretation just sort of pops organically. Sometimes you just start to get it. Oh, this is what it means. This is what it means. And so there's all sorts of rules for interpreting things correctly. Scripture never contradicts scripture. Like if you've got this obscure scripture and you're trying to figure out what it means, well, don't build like a whole movement around one thing if it's not supported in the rest of scripture. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the Bible will always complement and, and support itself, uh, which is a beautiful part of the Bible. And lastly, is application. How does it apply to my life? Like, what am I going to do with this truth that I just read? And how is it going to shape? And this is the prayerful part. So those, those are three steps, observation, interpretation, application. That's what I first learned that I taught to my students. And, and then later parts of like how to really engage your heart and your spirit in the word. Those are other tools that I, that I teach in the course that you can engage in too. So yeah. That's good. So many, so many different things there we could, we could dive into, yeah. <laughs> uh, into more. I mean, yeah, I, I think about, you know, the comment you made about the charismatic church and the, <laughs> the way we do tend to try to almost find the secret meeting of things sometimes in the scripture, which I think sure. is, is in sometimes a new form of Gnosticism, which is trying to find hidden knowledge. And there is a re- there is a supernatural revelation that God wants to give us of the scriptures that we can't just figure out with our mind. You use the term spirit of revelation, which comes from Ephesians one, where Paul says we pray that you know that we'd have that spirit of revelation. God would open the eyes of our hearts to be filled with the knowledge of God. So there's that supernatural mm. element of it, but then there's also that you got to look plainly at what's there, like you said. And yeah. interpret what's maybe obscure with what's what's clear and plain there in, in the scriptures as well. So this was not on my original list to ask, but I just fe- I'll figure I'll ask it since I'm kind of going there. But like, how would you how would you avoid maybe some of the extremes of like what you just said, where you take an obscure verse and you're like, oh, like if if you feel like you're reading the scripture and you get some idea that pops into your brain and you're like, oh. Maybe this means maybe the fish represents this thing and the number four represents this. And like, you know, you've got this idea of what it might mean. How can you avoid misinterpreting, I guess? Or maybe is there filters you can take things through if you feel like you're getting revelation on something in the scripture, that kind of thing? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. It's a great question. I think, you know, I'm assuming most of the people are talking about are from very 
similar backgrounds or you're involved in like spirit-filled type churches and right um, where you value that supernatural revelation, those moments of inspiration. And first I'll say that like, there's a lot of value in studying, like those inspirational moments are so valuable and they, they move us forward quickly when God reveals it to us. But there's also a lot of joy in the hard work of diving into the scripture before you get the glory moment. Mm. And I almost feel like God invites us into that process of searching it out. Right. And there's a, there's a perseverance and there's something developed in us as we learn to search out the scriptures. And, and there's even things happening when you, when you're not having the glory moment of the revelation, there's something being framed in you as you read that is, renewing your mind and doing something even before, even before your understanding unfolds. So to your question about like, how do you approach it to interpret things correctly? I think number one, we have to lay our presuppositions about the Bible down when we come and we have to come as students of the word. Mm. A lot of times I used to come to the Bible trained to prove my point. Right. (laughs) And you can almost prove anything you want to prove if you do it right. <laughs> and there's a lot of humility of saying, I'm going to let go of my presuppositions. I'm going to let the Bible teach me. Jesus is the Bible. He is the word. And he wants to teach you as you sit down to study. And it's uh, God writes things on your first coming with humility. And number two, like I mentioned before, context, when you're trying to figure out what something means, context is the supreme interpreter of scripture. So if you're reading something, if the context of the passage that you're reading that in doesn't support it, then it probably doesn't mean what you think it means. So if you're getting multiple layered heavenly revelations on the three loaves and fishes and what they represent, but it didn't really represent that to their original hearers and it wasn't God's intent to say that, your revelation might actually, the idea of it might be good and it might not contradict scripture, like the outcome, you know, like I've heard a lot of people teach that, that like to um, do definitions of like Hebrew and Greek words or, you know, the typology of like numbers and stuff like that. And their outcome is always good, right? but their interpretation skills are horrible because the Bible didn't actually, wasn't meaning to say that. And so I think a lot of problems interpretation can be just solved if like whatever thing you're getting, if you just search the context around the verses and read back and forward, a lot of people just pull verses out and they read it, meditate on it, go, wow. And then you read the context and it has nothing to do with it. Yeah. And so uh, context of immediate scripture. And then I think the context of the entire Bible and the Bible is an amazing book. It was written by 40 different authors. It's 66 books, 40 different authors written on three different continents over a span of 1500 years of time. And yet there is no contradiction. And they're talking amazing. on multiple topics of the human experience and dilemma. And there's a unity in all of it. It's a supernatural work. And so it, it is supernatural in how it's fit together. And so it won't contradict itself. Yeah. So good. I think when you're, when you're thinking about like the supernatural revelation and, and interpretation, those kinds of things, I'm thinking about the three things you said, observation, interpretation, and application. I think sometimes God will use a scripture. I've had this before where a scripture Maybe the natural interpretation of it is one thing, but then God will use it to give me a supernatural application sure. that's maybe different than the 
the honest interpretation of the scripture. Does that make sense? Where it's oh, yeah. like maybe those that number three doesn't mean what means something to anybody else, but to me in that moment, God was speaking something to me that was helpful. And like you said, the application that I'm getting uh, doesn't contradict what's clear and plain in the scripture. Sure, but that there's you know a moment, almost like a prophetic application in the moment. Right. Uh, that God would God would use to speak that way that again doesn't contradict what's clearly taught in the yeah. scriptures. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that's really valid, you know. And it's like we need to lean into those moments because God will use scriptures. Bear with me when I say this, like sort of out of context to speak to you right. about a current situation in your life. Yeah, you know. And I I think that's totally valid. But I think when we're talking about that's like as you go in life, God can pull things out and speak to you through almost anything to convey something to you. But when you're talking about establishing people in foundational doctrines and what you Mm. believe and all that stuff, it's important that those conclusions are deeply rooted in scripture. Applicational moments or like real time God communicating with you to encourage you or uh, minister to you. I think that happens all the time. And I think most spirit-filled believers would say, man, that happens to me a lot. And that's valid. Like, I think you bring right. up a really great point that those valid experiences, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, I guess you have to have the foundation of what does the Bible actually say clearly yeah. in context uh, so that you can filter those yeah. things that God's saying through that and make sure you're not coming to some conclusion or application that right. that obviously contradicts something that's clear yeah. in the scripture. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. One of the things that I think that we don't think about often that leads people astray or messes with their interpretation of the Bible more than anything Number one, the average person doesn't, average believer doesn't read the Bible that often. Statistics say that, you know, the average Christian, like 45% of them only read their Bible once a week. Okay. So once, so let's take, let's say that all Christians read their Bibles once a week, or, you know, hopefully some of them more, but let's say that that's like the 
the average, how many messages in culture, American culture, not to say any other culture around the world that might be listening to this, how many messages are coming from a ungodly, unscriptural worldview million times a day and everything that you're hearing from the entertainment that you take in to social media, like millions of messages, the culture that we live in, the framework of living and viewing life is not a Christian worldview. So a lot of times you don't understand how that slowly over time changes the way that you see the world. So if, but the Bible informs us of our view of life and that's the basics. Like, who are we? Where are we from? Where are we going? How did the world get here? How do we deal with the problem of evil and sin? That's all like your view of the world and how you answer those. So the Christian obviously answers those way different based on the Bible than somebody you know, in secular culture who doesn't believe in the Bible. Their, their view of who we are and why we're here is totally different. So go with me here. <laughs> I'm like, sure. so your worldview really colors the way that you see scripture. And so if you're absorbed in a worldview that doesn't really honor God as the authority, the Bible as the authority, or doesn't even believe that there's a problem of sin and all of those things, it colors the way that you see the scriptures. So it's important, like, reading the Bible aligns you to a worldview that shapes a lot more than we think and consider and the decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis more than so many things. Somebody put a quote on Instagram the other day, and I'll botch the quote, but it was was from Nelson Mandela, and it said that you don't have to – a child isn't born learning how to hate. It's something that – they acquire living in this life, you know, it's like, and the idea is like kids are basically born loving, but we teach them hatred and racism. Mm. And I looked at that and it was by a Christian and everyone was like, yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And I was thinking, that's not biblical. (laughs) Like the biblical worldview is that man is fallen. We're sinners. And if you've raised a toddler, you know, like you don't have to teach a toddler like it's in them. They sin. They're liars. They're mean. They have to be right. saved. <laughs> it's true. And that's the biblical worldview. And so when your worldview, if, if you're not absorbing your heart and what the Bible says and letting the Bible inform you of life and, and, and how to interpret life, you can really misinterpret the Bible yeah. massively. And people have whole movements, whole cults are built around wrong yeah. ideas that are yeah. from, yeah. So so lesson number one, read the Bible. Read if you the want Bible. To, if you want to encounter God through the Bible, you have to actually read it. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how few people do, do read the Bible. And it's so true. how few Christians who have been saved for years and years and years have never read the entire Bible even uh, at times. And this is the, the word of God that we base all of our lives yeah. on and haven't even read through it. Uh, I would encourage everybody to try to read through the Bible every year if you can. Yeah. I mean, there's Such apps and tools and uh, yeah. plans you can go through to read read through the scriptures. And yeah, I would encourage you just to immerse yourself in it. I think I heard uh-huh. Rick Joyner, he probably got it from somebody else, but he said, you know, he you don't remember every meal that you eat. You only remember a couple of them, but they sustain sure. you through your life. Oh, that's so and good. Uh, it's like, it's like, you don't remember every single time you sit down and read the scriptures, but it is feeding you. It is sustaining you over the course of your life. And so uh, that always stuck with me. 
One of the most powerful things that I ever did, Matthew, I was leading, uh, and I used to lead residential internship programs and the students would come in for like nine months. And I really quickly learned like that your average young adult had no clue what the Bible said and weren't, yeah. weren't reading the Bible. And I, it was shocking, like the statements that they would make. And yet they're hungry for the word. That's why they're there in this program. But they're a lot of people are more willing to go to a conference or read a book than they actually are to sit down in front of the Bible. Yeah. And so what we did started doing is the first week we would sit in a room around a table, we'd get our Bibles out and we would read the Bible for four hours a day. <laughs> and it was by far the most powerful thing we did all year long. They would sit around the table just reading to themselves quietly, not out loud. Yeah. And the, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is in the Bible. Are you kidding me? Like making connections then you know, spontaneous little Bible study moments would outburst at the table and people would be sharing and like, but just reading the Bible, not, not yeah. even using the three steps of observation, interpretation, application, just reading it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, look, you mentioned earlier something about prayer, praying as you read the scriptures. I, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. How do you see or what's been your experience or what have you taught about how prayer and worship and the word, all those things interact together? I mean, obviously, before you read, take some time and pray, ask God to, yeah. to show you things and reveal things to your heart. But so that prayer can become supernatural sure. to me, it would mean that it needs to be more interactive with yeah. the spirit of God and, and you're hearing yeah. his voice and you're communicating with him. And it's not just sort of you and a book, but it's you and yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. Where it was like those guys on the road where Jesus was actually teaching them, you know, how do you, you know, how, how does that work out practically, you know, in your experience? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the course is entering that practicals of engaging with the Bible as a person, you know, Jesus is the word and the purpose is to build a relationship with him. And so I would say that um, studying the Bible is prayer. Like it's, mm. a, it's an aspect of prayer. And what I mean by that is now as I read, the way I study the Bible is totally different. I, I definitely want to understand what it's saying and do the research. And I, I get lost sometimes just I'll start reading and then get lost in that side of it. But um, when I read the Bible now, it's prayer. Like I dialogue with God about what I'm reading. And so in the course, we go through about four or five different models of how you can do that and exercises that you can do. But one, one of the things that can just get you started as you read, think of it as this conversation. So take Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And as you read that, you dialogue with God about it. The Lord is my shepherd. You can stop and just, wow, thank you, God, that you're my shepherd, that you're my leader, that you, you're taking me somewhere and you, you know, and then you know, if it's a conversation, let him whisper back to you or let, let the impact of that phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, uh, awaken your heart and minister to you. And then, so sometimes I use it to thank the Lord, praise the Lord. And then sometimes I use it as a prayer of intercession for myself or somebody. God, my friend needs direction in life and you're the shepherd. Lord, would you reveal yourself as shepherd or our country is in desperate need of leadership and of a shepherd to take us into the places that you have for us. And so yeah. it's, it's a, it's a living dialogue. And so as you read, 
you're interacting with God and what you read. And now, obviously, some passages of Scripture are easier to do that than with others, you know. (laughs) Some of them don't have that devotional flair, you know, you get into some of the tediousness of the book of Leviticus, but even those parts is pausing when it's hard and it's hard to understand and go, Jesus, this is something you wanted us to know. Like, so would you show me? Yeah. Ask for more revelation. One thing that I found is anytime you ask for revelation, he will always give it to you. Mm. It's not always instantaneous. It's not always the aha in the moment. Sometimes he's like, okay, you want revelation? then come after it, like dig for it. I'm going to take you on a journey. And maybe the ultimate revelation comes through multiple ways of God setting up the circumstances of your life to teach you something from the Bible. But like, he's going to reveal himself to you, Yeah, which is the ultimate goal that your heart would burn as you read. Yeah, that's good. I mean, sometimes those challenging sections of scripture, maybe there's like a phrase or a verse or there's usually something in there that you can grab a hold of that's just like, okay, like, so, I mean, some of the Old Testament prophets get pretty negative and dark, and sure. you're kind of like <laughs> reading through this, like, oh, gosh, this is de- this is kind of depressing. But then there's usually a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Totally. There's, a, there's a little verse in there you can grab hold of, and, and you can, you know, so I, I try to do that if it seems like, you know, even if it's just a word or a phrase or a verse or something that comes alive, okay, pause there and like, let's interact with God over this a little bit or um, that kind of thing. The other thing I've found over the years is reading through the Bible, again, to go back to that, is that the more you do that, the more things start to make sense and start to click. And like, it's like you're you're putting all this stuff in you so that the Holy Spirit can draw it out and and help you to understand it and connect it. And you read Leviticus and then you read Hebrews, and then maybe you go, "Oh wow, okay, now that right. now things are clicking because I'm realizing they all point to Jesus, and Jesus, you know." And so yeah. You, you, yeah, so there's things like that too that I think as you as you grow in the Bible uh, and ask for the grace of God that yeah. as you as you stay in it too, uh, in my experience, it grows exponentially the revelation sure. and the enjoyment of it. I think that's like a huge key to. You know, going back to your earlier question of interpreting the Bible, right? It's just to know the big picture of the Bible, like reading yeah. the Bible as a whole. And you start to see the big storyline and where things fit and how, like how Hebrews connects to Leviticus. And right. one of the, I, I haven't done this in years, but somebody suggested it years ago. So I did it for about a year of reading one chapter from all the, there's seven major divisions of the Bible and reading one chapter from each of those things. And so you're, yeah. you're in several places in the Old Testament, and then you're in the New Testament in a couple of places, and you start to see intricately how they're all woven together when you read the Bible like that. And right. you also probably will read the Bible in like less than half of a year if you read seven chapters a day. I think it's like four or five months that mm. it takes you. So let that be a challenge. Some of you guys listening might read out of the seven major sections of the Bible. And (laughs) yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I I would actually not encourage, especially new believers to just read straight through the Bible in order because you do hit some of those hard parts and it's challenging. What I like about some of the Bible reading plans that take you through over the course of a year is that you get some Old Testament, some New Testament, sure. some Psalms in there. So yeah. if yeah. some of it's a little more challenging, there's some of it that's usually more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and for people and so, that are just starting out, there's some great tools to help you get going. If you're just like, yeah, hey, what I'm, are some of those? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're a square one, like there's a great website called the Bible project. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Um, I've never used it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. I mean, there it's really, really good, but they produce like short three to five minute videos. Some of them are like introductions to books of the Bible that give you an overview. Some of them are like overview of the Bible together. Like how does, what is this Bible? How does it fit together? Like what's the big story? Some of it's like, well, how do you read? Cause the Bible has different kinds of literature. It's got poetry and then it's got like narrative and history. And then it's got like, apocalyptic literature with all types of yeah. symbolism and knowing how to read the different types of literature in the Bible and how to approach it. I mean, just some real good stuff. And they're very like engaging short little videos. And so uh, in my course, I encourage people like, if you're going to read the book of Matthew, then watch the Bible project video. It's five minutes long. It frames you, you understand what it is, the purpose, where it's going. And then you know where to put everything when you're reading so right. that's one tool yeah. that's really great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know the just the Uversion Bible app that I mean tons and tons of people have oh used. They gosh. have ton, yeah. tons of resources on there. If you if you really want to go deep in in some of the languages and those kind of things, the Blue Letter Bible is a website that I like to yeah. use where you can Me look too. up a verse and it'll break down some of the Hebrew and Greek or whatever and you can you can get yeah. dig into it that way if if one you of my favorites are into yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, anything else on the supernatural Bible study, David? I mean, you know, encountering God through the scriptures. Yeah. Any, anything else you want to say on that? Yeah. I mean, I just think that like I've encountered a lot of people that they've sort of lost their their drive for the Bible because they've tried. And like you were saying in your introduction, it's like it's challenging and then it gets tedious. It gets boring and they can't find the connection. They can listen to a pastor and go, well, like, I don't know how he got that, but it's amazing and get fed. But it's so vital for every believer to like feed themselves on the word of God themselves. It's like one of the most vital parts of your life. And I think just starting and just resolving in your heart to start and go for it is a big part of the journey of like, hey, I'm going to be a person that knows the Bible, understands the Bible and resolving to go on that journey. But to know that like that journey is um, like, it's all for love. Like everything God reveals to you is to awaken your heart, to love him deeper and to love people in a deeper way. And that's the end result. Jesus summarized the whole of the Bible. You want to reduce this whole complex system of the law that the Pharisees created. Said it's love God with all your heart, soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the end goal of the Bible. It's the end goal of Christianity is that you would know him and your heart would burn for him. And that's the purpose of Bible study. God's revealing himself to you in many ways. But one of those is he preserved a written record of his nature, of who he is, his personality and the way to connect to his heart. And you will find him in those pages if you dig. You'll, you'll have things that change your life forever. And it's changed my life forever, as I know many of you that are listening to. So, Yeah, so good. Awesome, man. Well, look, do you have anything else you'd like to share with the Presence Pioneers podcast, folks? I mean, a lot of our community is intercessors, worship leaders, and in the crazy year of 2020, <laughs> covid do you have any any thoughts or perspectives on just sort of what God's doing or anything you'd like to just kind of share more broadly with, you know, the people from the worship and prayer movement that sure. tune in with us? 
Yeah, I mean, two things. One related to the top, the topic at hand. I mean, you're talking to my favorite people in the world. I'm one of them. <laughs> it's like I believe that you guys, the worshipers, the intercessors, the people that feel called vocationally to this, you're the ones that are writing history right now. And I, and I even believe as crazy as everything is now, we're living in the fruit of prayers that have been prayed for 20 years. Now we, we're on. in the tension of the moment because we haven't found the resolve yet. Like yeah. the end of the story, we're, we're not seeing the end of the story. We're still in the calamity of the nations being in distress right now. But I believe in the middle of all of this stuff, like we're, we're in the middle of our prayers being worked out in real time that we prayed 20 years ago and that wow. you've labored for. And I, I would just say to you guys, uh, intercessors, like don't give up heart in the middle of all this. It's easy to look at the current climate and go just, it's fatiguing the amount of warfare and the things that are going on is to lean even deeper in and not to feel like, you know, everything is over because the right person isn't going to be elected or, or whatever, whatever it is, but to like lean into this moment because there's, there's, there's a glory and there's a peace in uh, the moments of unresolved that we need to link into as intercessors and worshipers. And really like if, you know, you've been doing it for years, you know, that that's your life. You live in the tension of the now and the not yet. And the, right. you know, mostly the not yet, because you're, you're <laughs> praying for a generation to come. You know, I, I just encourage you to lean into this moment because what you prayed and what you're praying is rewriting things. And then I would say link to what we're talking about is the word of God is the foundation and the fuel. Like we return back to, uh, the biblical promise for the world and for planet earth. And that's our prayer list. And we've got to know what that prayer list is. We got to know what the Bible says. And for singers, it's so important for the, the word to be the fountainhead of your song, that the word set to music and song, like does something that nothing else can. And so it's important that we, the singers and musician and artsy people and intercessors, that we be people of the word even more so because it is our, you know, it's our weapon. It's what we fight with in prayer. It's what we sing with that shifts the atmospheres of our cities. It's what we call people back to, you know, so. So good. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. This has been fun. Yeah, it's been really it's been fun. So good. Yeah. Hey, will you, will you say a quick prayer for people that are tuning in, sure. especially around this idea of, of the word of God? I just pray that, you know, let's just pray that grace is released to people yeah. to go deep and encounter God through the word. Yeah. I'm just going to pray over you guys a Bible prayer, Ephesians 1, 17. And Paul's praying and he says that the God of glory would give you the spirit of revelation and wisdom and the knowledge of him. Mm. And I pray that over you right now, that as you sit to read, that the spirit of revelation would come and open your eyes and reveal Jesus and that the unfolding and the unveiling of his beauty would cause your heart to be awakened to deeper love and that your heart would burn, that you would grow in the knowledge of God and that you would grow in your understanding of him and you would be rooted in that place of intimacy with him, God, that would cause you to be unshaken in every storm that comes in our generation. Lord, I just bless those that are listening. I pray that there'd be a provoking and a hunger for the bread of life like never before. In yeah. Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Amen. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, look, please share this with your friends, post it on social media, let people know about the podcast, subscribe if you haven't done that yet. If you are on Apple, leave us a rating or a review that really helps us get the podcast out to more people. If you're on YouTube, give us a little thumbs up. And that also helps with the algorithm so that more people can uh, hear these messages and grow in prayer and worship and ultimately that Jesus can be glorified. And don't forget God's presence changes everything.